Hello, and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we dive deep into Wildboy's most reflective work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Mohouse. That's me. And we're back to talk about Malfeasance 11.10, uh, which begins with Blake uh, seeking to repeat the experience of his first cabal by indoctrinating a new one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't really work out with people that he likes, yeah. so... It must work out with people he doesn't like. Yeah. It's flawless logic. Flip the script and try again. Um, the thing I like <laughs> a lot about this is Blake's whole goal here is to try and break the status quo. And so his answer to that is to indoctrinate his family as practitioners, which, I mean, you know, I had to Blake it to you, but that's what all the other families already do. Um, I mean, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that is like that's such a good point. Mm. Um. And as obviously, you know, as we discussed at the end of last episode, only the tip of the iceberg of reasons as to why this is a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. That's, I mean, the, that's digging down six or seven reasons of bad idea already. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I have to believe at this point that his main motivator is that part of him that he's angry that he no longer has responsibility over his friends, and he's like. Yeah subconsciously i think he's trying to fix that and it's just oh i i mean i guess we'll see but i I don't think it's gonna go very well yeah i mean blake has ever since he uh i i don't know what the word is but i'm gonna say indoctrinated the original cabal he's felt so like there have been (laughs) multiple times of him being like oh i regret dragging them into this blah 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 and now he's just doing it again i mean maybe it's because he doesn't like his family so he doesn't really feel that bad about it no i i honestly just he hasn't thought about Toronto since he got back. And I'm honestly, like, I'm not suggesting he's Earth-style forgotten it, mm. but it does seem like he, you know, he's kind of a different person now, right? Like, he was, you know, he's part other and whatever. And I think he's just not connecting with the emotions he had in those moments. You know, he he's constantly talking about how he has these other emotions mm. these days. And, you know, he doesn't feel um like fear in normal ways and you know like whenever he, he he talks about his heart fluttering in its weird way so i think maybe he's just detached from these emotions and he's just remembering toronto wrong because he doesn't seem to be remembering it right yeah i don't think he f- has forgotten it but like cutting connections does go both ways so presumably it means that he has less of a tie to whatever happened pre er which could yeah. mean that he kind of mentally glosses over it a bit um, but he did, like, he definitely, yeah. while he was in the abyss, had a vision of Rose using the cabal, and then he was doing the same thing. Like, that was a point that the abyss made abundantly clear to him. Mm. Um, yes, and he does seem to be, well, you know, maybe not quite repeating it. I guess we'll see how it goes. But, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that lesson that was, you know, uh, put on him uh, is delivered on as he you know, potentially creates a second cabal. Yeah. Uh, so Peter's here. Peter was caught very easy by Andy and Ava and just locked up with the others off screen. Like, it wasn't even a... I like that it wasn't even a question of, like, is Peter still out there? As soon as we get back, nope, he got caught, of course. Um. Yeah, and I mean, that honestly proves to be a pretty happy accident for yeah. Blake. So, like, you know, good thing he wasn't somewhere out there being a nuisance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he's He's useful. He's obviously the most useful of the Thorburns in this chapter. Um, so, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, here's a quote that I want to read out as well. Um, it's, it's Ellie responding to Blake, trying to talk to her. She says, bike mirror, Ellie asked. I figured it was a small camera and a microphone with a bit of video, shitty resolution. 
Um, and this is a beat that is kind of repeated throughout the chapter, um, where the the most of the Thorburns, Peter accepted, just don't, you know, like just can't grasp it. <laughs> they're, they're, it's very hard for yeah. them to actually click over to being like, oh yeah, shit, it's magic. They're they're trying to rationalize it away with technology as much as they can. Yeah, and I really like this because. Blake has to keep committing to what he's doing. He has to keep talking to them. Like, it's not, you know, it's not just this snap decision he's made that's caused everything to go terribly. He really has to push ahead with this mm. uh, and keep consciously deciding to do it, which gives it a lot more weight, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, it's not a... Yeah, I, I think we kind of expected it to be a he can just break the spell and then that's it. But that it doesn't seem to be that mm. easy. Like, the universe is saying, no, 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 don't do that, is how I read it, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, so Blake starts to kind of plan with the with his family. Um, he kind of fits right in, honestly. Uh, but Ava approaches, and so they all have to go back to, to their captured positions before Ellie starts making a fuss in a very interesting way. So I just want to jump in here and, and sort of do that sort of blanket statement where I love all the delightful banter in this chapter. Um, like the inter Thorburn banter is horrible and hilarious. Uh, and Eva plays off of that or into that in a really fun way as well. Like their interactions with Eva, she's kind of just as horrible as them in her own way. So she fits in. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially... Well, yeah, I think Ellie is especially interesting in the way she responds to Ava, right? Because she does this weird thing. She 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 basically the story seems to kind of want us to think that she's about to sell out the Thorburns, and that's what Blake seems to think, but she doesn't. She basically just intentionally gets herself beaten up for what yeah. seems like no reason, and it's uh, uh, it seems like no reason, but it also kind of seems like she or Blake thinks this she definitely does have some motivation. It's just so beyond our mortal logic that we can't grasp it. <laughs> yeah, like it's still very unclear to me right now what what this was meant to have achieved. Like, you know, even if it failed or succeeded, I don't know what the goal was. I, I think maybe this was some like the only idea i can come up with is some 4d chess move yeah where it's like letting eva think she has control of the situation by letting her beat her up and um you know maybe gathering some information um it it could like yeah it could have just been inf information gathering like blake mentions she likes to test limits maybe this is her doing that i don't know yeah i would have thought that but i if it was an information gathering or something. It de it definitely didn't seem to have any like result, like success. And she didn't seem to respond negatively. She was just kind of like, "All right, did that. Now we can move on." Like as though it was a completely normal well, expected part. I mean, the information that they learnt is that Eva will happily just kick them every time they talk. So she's like fully a psycho and is not going to like calm down and realize she's in over her head. Yeah, I guess. I, I maybe that's new information to them it's definitely not new information to us yes. no no not at all um so eva leaves them again alone uh and blake starts basically filling in the thorburns more um filling them in on how dire this situation is while peter just kind of sits there and watches yeah and i think like uh, for me this chapter was really about 
properly introducing us to how our new Thorburns deal under pressure. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we start really doing here is is seeing how all of them are coping uh, when the shit really hits the fan. Yeah, I really like the way this goes down because Blake is concurrently both kind of proving to the family that they can trust him as he starts expositing about them, but also for us as the audience, Blake just basically gives us the 4-on-1 on what he thinks of each of them and, and kind of what they think of themselves. Um, it's very efficient. I like it. Yeah, it's a great way to sneak in some exposition in a very believable form of dialogue. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I, I also love it because their reactions to it are just as much a part of it. You know, like the way they just, like, they usually pretty much agree with what he says, which, you know, tells us a lot about yeah. what he's saying about them. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I sort of questioned how accurate some of those reads might be, and it turns out it's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, And then, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, this is just where I decided I, I started to, you know, fall in love with with Roxanne. She's hilarious. She <laughs> she's such a little psycho. Yeah, she's terrible. Um, yeah, <laughs> she uh, yeah, she really. I I of all the people that I don't think should be filled in about uh, the practice, I just know Roxanne is the exact kind of person that will use this as power to fuck over her perceived enemies and that's terrifying to me no you gotta fight eva with eva <laughs> yeah i guess it is she is the 12 year old <laughs> roxanne um uh, so yeah so the other thing is uh we continue to see how on the ball peter is like he he's mm. he's he's only just been introduced to the world and he already kind of starts to figure out some of the things i like he starts speaking in codes to Blake and very clearly kind of giving Blake the old wink, wink, nudge, nudge as he is doing it. Um, and and it's it, I'm torn as to whether it's him speaking in code because he he's kind of grab, grasped that he shouldn't let everyone in on it yet or if he's just kind of doing that to maintain himself as like knowing more than they do. I, I was leaning towards the former, like my gut instinct, based on how, how well he performs later in the chapter, mm. I was sort of working off the assumption that he has just already gathered that other people, like Blake mentions, he'll get in trouble for telling them. Uh, Alexis was so scared to tell him. I think he's already clued into the fact that telling people is maybe not the best idea. Um, I also think, I mean, if it was me, you don't want to be the guy who just starts being like, wait, so magic is real? Like, <laughs> uh, he may have also just been, like, testing the water so he doesn't embarrass himself yeah, in front true. of his cousin. True, true, true. I can only imagine how the rest of them would react to Peter being like, ah, yes, you're a ghost, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they don't feel like they're the most supportive of um of out-of-the-box thinking. Anyway. Um, no, exactly. Um yeah. So uh the the Thorburns are kind of figuring out what they what they want to do here uh and and most of them decide to just hide away basically to to try and avoid this situation as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's a good call. They're all pretty fucked up. Yes. It is a fair point. I mean, we kind of know and Blake tries to tell them that hiding really isn't going to help them that much. Um but I don't know. <laughs> it, that's probably what I would do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if chucking a runner is really going to work either, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I like Ellie's, how Ellie goes into, like, and, and the rest of the Thorburns do too, but it's not, it doesn't feel like just hiding to me, especially not with Ellie. It feels like, like scurrying, like scavenging, like a Lying rat. Lying in wait. Yeah, like, 
doing this thing of kind of getting, she, she does a little bit of walking around. She gets the lay of the immediate land. She's like, okay, I can hide, but if they come after me, I'll do this. And, and she kind of scopes it out. There's this bit I really like where she, she goes off and comes back almost immediately and says to the group, tripwire, top of the stairs, just so you know, almost got me. And it's very much like the Thorburns are really like banding together in the face of this mysterious adversity that almost <laughs> immediately and without question, they're able to put aside how much they fucking hate each other and just work together on this stuff. Well, it's like what we talked about with um, like, you know, the how the family all got together to screw over Rose. Like when, yeah. when these people have a bigger enemy and they're willing to work together to fight the bigger enemy, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, which 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 is maybe the one thing that bodes well for this horrible plan that Blake's going ahead with. Um, I I just at the same time, I feel like there'd be this constant tension because they're all going to work together as long as there's someone like Andy or Eva around. But I also would not trust one of them not to stab the others in the back if if they figured out that it could help them. No, I'm with you. There's this bit where they decide to hide um, Callan. Or is it Christoph? I can't remember. Inside a couch? No, it's Callan in Callan, the couch. Right. Um, yeah. And it, I, I don't know if this is fair, because Peter's like, oh, there's nowhere else we can hide him, which maybe is correct, but it gives me this vibe of, like, Peter's a little bit just doing this to be a dick. <laughs> well, it's too much effort, and they're not going to put that much effort into saving him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? I, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Wait, there's, this, there's this thing in there. When these people work together, it's... It's very effective, but you just can't trust them to actually work together yeah. consistently. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> what a fun group. This was the point of this chapter. Where I'm kind of like, oh, fuck, these Thorburns are actually kind of growing on me a bit, which is annoying <laughs> because they're all so shit. Um, the only one who isn't growing on me is Roxanne because I just I can't get behind such a pure blooded psychopath. Man, I'm I'm the opposite. She's she's probably my favorite already. I, <laughs> I love what a little psycho she is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like that we're sort of starting to humanize these Thorburns and, and see how capable they are on their own or, or under pressure. Um, cause that really echoes what we've been, you know, talking about a lot with Blake and Rose and, you know, when they've worked together in the past, like remember when they bound conquest, that was fucking badass. They, they worked together so well. Yeah. Um, but 99% of the time they just bicker. Um, yeah. so, you know, they're, they're really... I think the more we're seeing of the Thorburns, the more I'm starting to be like, oh, okay, I mean, Blake and Rose are just Thorburns, you know, they act all high and mighty, but are they that different? Yeah, definitely, that's true. Yeah, I guess they're forced to work together more, which means we kind of see them at their most uh, effective, I guess, um, hmm. but maybe without- well, it's like what, what these guys are going through right now yeah, is, exactly. is where, you know, Blake and Rose have been for the whole story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just are able to pull together really well in uh, practitionery circumstances. Um, so Blake has this thought where he th he thinks that some of the folks that he's indoctrinated could presumably figure out a a a a, a way to explain away what they'd seen, while Peter can't, and Peter's basically crossed the uh, crossed the threshold. But it it makes me think. Like, wasn't Blake's whole plan to indoctrinate them? Like, why is he... I'm kind of confused why he's not going all out. I mean, maybe he thinks it's too much information for them and they need to kind of deal with the immediate situation first, but it, it did seem like he was going to just 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 do it, you know? Well, I think this is, this is sort of what I was talking about with the way he has to commit to it, because there was like... There's the point where he, he does this and meets them and then he sort of has that thought where it's like, hey, I might be able to get out of this without 
all the responsibility and the clusterfuck, which, you know, is definitely what he was thinking when he arrived. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, now now he could just sort of be in, like, save my family mode. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's sort of that bit, that bit of him that's like, oh, I could just be able to get out of this without this massive risk. But uh, Peter is there to remind him that, no, you, you've done this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I mean, I love how quickly Peter is, is jumping into this world. Uh, I really hope we get to see some interactions between him and Paige at some point. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, she was the other sort of person who naturally like fell into it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm just sorry. I think Peter's going to crash and burn. He's too good at this. He's gonna he's gonna bite off more than he can chew. I'm already <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Although the one counterpoint to that is. He's lazy. So it's a balance between his eagerness to learn things mm. and his laziness about doing things. Like, he, I, I... If he was... Yeah. If he was next to a library of anything other than Diabolist books, mm. I would agree with you. But, he, uh, but the thing uh, about but lazy people... Lazy and Diabolism... Yeah. <laughs> laziness is like, I don't like sacrificing things. Like, that's what laziness is, right? I don't like sacrificing my immediate happiness. And I think he... I mean, I don't know. There's a flip, a flip side to that where you could argue that he wants to take the shortcut, and that means he will give the barber a pint of his blood or whatever the fuck it is. But I don't know. I kind of see it. Yeah, as I'm being sure like, there's. Yeah. I'm sure there's demons who work the other way, where they give you immediate benefici- yeah. like benefits for future fuck ups. Yeah, true. We'll see. I guess. Um, so yeah, yeah, the Thorburns all hide away. They hide Callan inside a couch, which is fucking great. Um, Peter and Blake basically start, are the only two who agree to, or Peter's the only one who agrees to kind of accompany Blake to to try and deal with this Andy and Ava problem. Um, and Peter only really goes along with it because he wants more of a chance to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And, and so what's interesting is everything Peter's doing, like we've already talked about how quickly he's picking this up and he's reading the room. Um, you know, all this stuff, like how he's good with people, but he's willing to stab them in the back. Like he, he seems like a perfect practitioner. Like, yeah, if he's know, the right? one person Blake is going to awaken out of all of this, so much for screwing the system, because Peter's either going to crash and burn or he's going to fit in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how, like, Operation Break the Wheel is, is going so far. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really agree with you. Like, I really think Peter is... Peter <laughs> takes to it so quickly, and he's so... He he's so keen to learn the rules. Like his whole thing is, he seems to mm. want to just know. Okay, how do I operate to be the best in this system? And that doesn't seem like he would want to be introduced and then be like, "All right, now let's change the way it all works." He would come in and and want to min max himself. Like, I don't know. It's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I could see him being a part of any of these other practitioner families. Like he he fits into this world so well. Yeah, he'd be a good behem. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on board with breaking the wheel. I think he's going to want to slot right in. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so Ava uh, comes downstairs and notices they're escaped. <laughs> uh, the Thorburns have done something. Uh, he, she notices the bird and therefore Thorburns here too. Um, and she immediately goes into uh, action mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does she ever? Um I mean, the tear gas is a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, and she seems to <laughs> stand at the door to make sure they don't get out until they're thoroughly yeah. gassed. She's such, she's such a psycho. <laughs> she's crazy. Um, so here's an interesting bit. Uh, Blake kind of tries to, to, to get at her by jumping out of some olive oil, as you do. And 
Peter comes mm. around the corner and he sees Blake's arm poking out of the olive oil holding the hyena. And it's this moment of like, we don't see Peter's reaction. And I didn't even kind of realize that this was an escalation because we're so used to seeing Blake jump out of mirrors that we've kind of forgot that that's not a thing that people can do in the normal world. Um, and it's so, it's so interesting to me seeing, thinking about the image of Peter coming around and seeing Blake's, you know, tree arm sticking out with a sword, like cutting at Ava and just kind of, and that's the moment where it all kind of shatters, right? He He's, he's in it mm. now. Uh, yeah, it would be. And I mean, he uses this so well, because presumably this is the moment where, like, Operation Flood the House, yep. uh, you know, starts being, you know, generated in his head. So, like, he sort of un- finally understands why Blake is after reflections, and it's, uh, he- yeah, he just does so well with it. I feel like that's all I'm saying today, but, like, yeah, he yeah he comes out of it so cleanly. This really is the, Peter is the all-star of this arc, for sure, Um and of course, that continues with him pulling a really big brain play. Uh, he and Ava are kind of dancing around uh, this circular plot part of the house where Ava goes one way and Peter goes the other way um, until finally uh, Peter gets to, not the bathroom actually, the kitchen and turns on all the taps and basically starts flooding the house with water. Um, and Blake sees the house start to open with reflections. And it's it's such a good play. It's so good. It's so it's so good. Like honestly, Peter scares me. Like I'm I'm terrified of him. He's nah. he's picking this up way too quickly. Yeah, this is so good, right? Like Peter's great. I, I'm I'm really on board with him. He he basically immediately uh, grocks it from just seeing Blake lunging out of this olive oil, and and he's there. Like it's awesome. Um, and it's a fun chapter. It's a fun. We we haven't had much like it. We haven't had much chance to see. And in Eva in action until uh, you know the start of this whole house showdown, and I'm glad we get to see how the Thorburns react to this as well. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this chapter is really about, like, I, I think for me, introducing us to you know Roxanne the tank, Kathy the <laughs> Roxanne the tank. That's true. Yes. Uh, I mean, Roxanne <laughs> and Ellie both seem to be tanks. They they take too much of a beating and are fine with it. I think I, I see Ellie as more of a rogue. Oh, okay, um, and then. Peter's just an all-star, as we mentioned, and Kathy's just around. Um, she hasn't really done anything yet. I don't know what... I mean, she seems to be coping the least well with this world so far. I, I, that's not a good sign for her, Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then obviously, as you said, we get to see Andy and Eva in action. Like, I don't know, it's a fun chapter, and I can't... I think I think the next chapter is, like, the last Blake-centric chapter in the arc, yep. so I'm interested to see how this continues to... This, well, this conflict continues to evolve next chapter. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, I, I guess one thing I wanted to, to like the last thought I wanted to have on this sort of chapter is, and uh, I just sort of thought of this towards the end is, mm. uh, uh, so we've we already talked extensively about how there's a million reasons this could go badly, but I'm wondering if, you know, if we go back to our whole analogy of the spirits being an audience and, you know, they like to be entertained mm. and all that, I wonder if they're kind of behind this like i wonder if this is going to go a little bit better than it should just because the spirits are going to be like oh that's interesting yeah um I, I don't know yeah i can see that i mean this this chapter like peter does a pretty great job of justifying that this wasn't the worst plan in the world um without these thorburns blake would have done basically nothing this chapter <laughs> like i can't imagine how he could have done mm. anything not in the house anyway yeah. yeah um but like i, I mean i guess like taking another sort of step back. I guess 
So we know the spirits, like, you know, there's been a lot of talk this arc about, like, spirits and kind of their motivations, I guess. Um, Like, like we've sort of seen, you know, Alistair talked a lot about how they're not always happy with how tricky practitioners make things for them to adjudicate uh, and and all that. And, like, I'm just wondering if, I'm wondering how on board the spirits are with, with something like Operation Break the Wheel. Like I wonder if I wonder if Blake might have luck with this sort of stuff moving into the into the back end of the story, mm. just because the spirits might be bored with you know if we go with the audience thing or also like frustrated by how complex some of this stuff is to do. Mm. So, uh, you know maybe maybe they'll give it a push along. And I mean I think this ties into all the stuff with devils and angels because if we've got the side of the right who's all about stability and like keeping things the same. Uh, and then devils are kind of about destruction and then also kind of change mm. as well. Like there seem to, there seems to be the implication that those two are more intertwined than, than anything to do with the angels. Um, I think it's really interesting that we have our Blake, like our diabolist who's seemingly made by a demon sitting in this spot to maybe try and change things with the spirits and how on board they might actually be for that. Maybe, maybe the spirits aren't as on the side of the right as the right would have you believe. Hmm. Mm, interesting. I, I like the the way your head's thinking about it, but I don't know if I'm fully on board with the angel's side being the side of uh, things staying the same. I mean, I guess they kind of are to an extent, but we definitely have Faisal, who seems to be pretty bought in with Johannes's, um, Johannes's whole deal, which is not super yeah. similar to what things No, but he before. specifically... He specifically said that it wasn't angelic what he was doing with yeah, Johannes. Yeah, true. So he true. he implied he's been convinced to go against his nature. Mm. So I, I I think I yeah I, I'd yeah, actually okay. count him as evidence for that sort of that sort of thinking. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I definitely think this is going better than it should have so far. <laughs> so whatever the reason for that is, at least yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of, uh, 11.10 house starts to flood and, uh, Blake now has some, uh, some actual reflections to play with again. Woohoo. Uh, I can't wait to see what a clusterfuck this continues to be. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So moving on to our special bonus bit for this chapter, Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to look into the history of witch hunting. Mm. Uh, and honestly, I don't know exactly what I was hoping for going into Googling about this. You were hoping I, I to know, find that magic's some... real. You don't have to pretend. We all we all were, but you know. No, I've read I, I've read Pact now. I don't want <laughs> oh, magic yeah, true, to be real. True. Um I don't know. I was expecting like, I don't know, tons of myths and legends about, you know, people like Eva and Andy or or the Winchester brothers or something. Um and I mean, you know, there are obviously stories of people fighting supernatural things, but uh no not the sort of thing I was thinking of. So I ended up mostly just reading about like witch trials and, mm. um, and all that sort of stuff. And um, like, interestingly, one thing I sort of went like witch, witch hunts, you know, I, I, when I hear things like witch trials and witch hunts, I usually think of like medieval Europe or like Salem. Um, and those are obviously the big ones uh, in the West, but like witch hunting is actually pretty universal. They found evidence of it in like just about every culture. Mm. Um one of the first ever legal codes that's ever been discovered um, that was like written down uh, includes an entry that says if somebody curses someone else, the cursed person needs to go for a swim in this holy river. If the person who goes swimming like comes out of it and they're cured of their curse, then they get to kill the person who cursed them. Uh, but if they die in the <laughs> river, then okay. the person who cursed them gets to keep all their stuff. 
So, I mean, you know, right from <laughs> okay. the get-go, apparently, witch hunting was built on shitty, shitty rules. Like, I mean, it sounds like the kind of stuff that would be in pact. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, the law of reciprocation. Uh, if you go swim <laughs> in the holy lake and uh, and you survive, then you, you're, rightfully, the spirits will allow you to attack them back. <laughs> yeah, but if they, if it works, they get to keep your shit. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they just get your implement. Because <laughs> um, when you, you know, when you talk about, like, witch trials and stuff, you need to say, I'm like... There's all those silly things like, you know, they throw people in the river and if you came back up and, and managed to survive, then you were a witch. And if you died, you were innocent. And, and somehow that was like yep. a good test. Um, yep. But it's good to know that, you know, even right back in, I think this, th- th- that quote I just read was from like an Egyptian, uh, an early Egyptian civilization. You know, even they had shit rules for witch hunting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, at least their rules had had some kind of way for the person who was cursed to survive, to survive. their ordeal. Well, I don't know. Assuming yeah. they knew how to swim. Um, That's true. Yeah. I, I, one other interesting thing that if people are interested, they should go read a lot more about because it's, it's hard to condense down. But uh, all these things like, you know, we talk about the Salem witch trials and, and there's like waves of them throughout various societies. And they actually do come in waves. Like there's been tons of sort of anthropological research into what, causes waves and you know like to have a a few years where everyone goes around burning thousands of witches across europe or or equivalent even like tribes um it's basically usually you know like if there's a drought in a primitive civilization they'll start killing witches in the hope that it'll make the drought go away so you know just people being shit um yeah and kind of has this warped sense of logic to it where it's like well we don't have enough food to go around let's get the witches but also Seems to will have the secondary effect of less well, amounts yeah, to but feed. They tell themselves it's the evil person is causing the problem, so so they, yeah, you know, they yeah, have to feel it bad does about feel it. like a <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a a rationalization of having to make a horrible choice. Also, something I learned is that uh, it's still punishable by death to practice witchcraft or sorcery in Saudi Arabia. So so don't don't do that if you're a practitioner. Don't move there. <laughs> don't go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then I, I guess the only other thing I, I sort of, this just came to me as I was Googling about witch hunting is like a, a witch hunt is colloquially like modern. We, we use it as a term for like attacking someone about, you know, what they believe, uh, not, mm. not something they've actually done. So, you know, somebody will accuse the media of a witch hunt if they're just attacking someone, you know, because they have a grudge against them or something. Yeah. Kind and- of a false... A false, you know, sense of aggression towards a person. Yeah, or, or aggression that's not because of anything they actually, well, not because aggression not directed at what they actually did. It's just you know, a generally trying to attack them as a person. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I think this is a fitting term to describe Eva and Andy, really, because we've seen how indiscriminate mm. they can be. Um, mm. You know, like when Andy killed that other practitioner in his interlude, and he was just like, "Yeah, that guy was a practitioner, so I killed him." Um. He said he was a he said he was a Duchamp, so I blew him up with a rocket launcher or whatever. Uh yeah, like I don't know. I just think it's interesting like how they have they're fitting this the way this term is used in a modern sense, where they do just seem to kill you because of what you are, not necessarily what you've done. Mm. Um and, and I mean obviously witch hunting usually comes with a connotation, I think, in the modern day of being like overly harsh or brutal. Well, you know, a witch mm. hunt is, is something that's over the top, and I also think that fits Andy and Eva. Yeah, that's interesting. I really like that. I hadn't thought of that as a as a as a, a connotation, but it does fit quite well. I mean, it's hard to see a lot of what they do as super justified. I mean, they definitely don't do it in half measures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, interesting. So there's some uh, some interesting facts about witch hunting for everybody. Yeah. 
Um, thanks for joining us, folks. If you have some interesting facts about witch hunting that you'd like to share, the best place to do that is by posting it in our discussion thread, which is linked down below in the episode description. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can't wait till our next episode to, to hear more delicious Doof content, head on over to doofmedia.com and there you'll find details on all the Doof shows. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of great shows that are on the Doof Media Network. Uh, so head over to the website and you can check them out. Um, also, uh, we now, for, for patrons, uh, you can now vote in the uh, Doof Media Fan Art Contest. So the uh, theme is Reflections, and you can vote on your favorite reflective piece of art. Mm-hmm. So uh, please get in there and do that. And if you want to know how to vote, head on over to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia and, and submit your votes. Or, yes. You know, First, first join up and then submit your votes. I, I was actually going to uh, say on the Patreon, I was going to say that we're about to reach the stretch goal for doing a kind of deep dive, uh, or we're not going to be doing it, but Scott and Matt are going to be doing a, a deep <laughs> dive multi-episode uh, long podcast diving into um, the Dark Tower series from Stephen King. But as of like a day or two ago, that was that goal has already been hit. Um so now we've got a yes. new stretch goal. If we can get to 450 patrons, which is about another 150, uh, Doof Media is going to produce its very own um, original uh, audio drama. Um, so if you're excited for that, head on over and become a patron, and it'll help us move closer to, to doing that. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Wildbo has a patron, patreon.com slash Wildbo. You know, he writes these stories. Of course, of course you're going to give him money if you can. Uh, you have you to. Know, I trust you. you. Yeah. Yeah. We trust you. We trust you. Don't be like the Thorburns. Okay. Be nice. Um, <laughs> and with that, we'll leave you until our next episode, which is Malfeasance 11.11. 11. Um, and that will be coming out on Friday the 4th. What? 11.11. 11, make a wish, Elliot. What, uh, what am I missing? <laughs> you don't know about like 11.11? 11, 11? No. You, ma- you make a wish. All right. Okay. Hold- Stop the show. Stop the show. Stop the show.